Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 35, Yellow Dog Outfitters. You're listening to the Wilderness Tamer podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. My guest this week is Josh Trenaric. He is a fellow outdoorsman from the state of Maryland who, if it flies, walks, or swims, this man's going after it. He's hunted ducks as far as Delaware to Arkansas and Louisiana and hunted bear as far as Quebec in Canada. So before I let y'all go to enjoy this episode, let me give a quick shout out to the sponsors that make this show possible. First off is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear that come with an integrated dry bag as a pocket with a self-sealing magnetic strip that is certified to go 100 feet down and it will keep your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and as well as drypocketapparel.com and uh, save you some money, use promo code, all caps, WILDERNESS, to get you 25% off your order. Now, my other sponsor is Nomad Outdoors. They have great clothing and camo options to keep you out all day taming your wilderness. And go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and as well as nomadoutdoors.com. So thanks again for Josh taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure, and I felt like we made new friends. <laughs> but... Other than that, y'all go enjoy this episode, and y'all have a good, safe rest of y'all's hunting season. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 35, Yellow Dog Outfitters. Let's get Josh on the phone, and let's get this episode rolling. Hello? Hey, man, how are you? I'm good, Connor. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast, man. It means a lot. Of course. Not a problem at all. Thanks for having me. So if you want to introduce yourself real quick, just a quick overview, overview, and then uh, we'll get into it further from there. Yeah, so my name is uh, Josh Trenary. I'm a hunting addict <laughs> for the Amen. most part. Uh, for my, unfortunately, I can't afford to do that full time. So right. I'm actually an HVAC service manager at the time until i can get this off the ground full time i mm-hmm. uh, grew up on the eastern shore of maryland crabbing fishing hunting wow doing pretty much anything outdoors that's that's generally pretty much most about me <laughs> i heard that so how'd you get started uh, outdoors what was your first experience so i actually grew it started hell before i was even born mm-hmm. um my mom shot her last year when she was actually pregnant with me heck yeah so that was uh yeah. there's pictures all over their house of that but uh i pretty much grew all my both my parents hunted growing up mom got out of a little bit after we had my sister mm-hmm. uh but i really looked up to my dad growing up still do and that's pretty much what he does 24 7 he's the only person i know close to here that gets to hunt more than i do <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, just following in his footsteps pretty much right now we're all hunting just small game or did y'all get into whitetail so when we started off, like a lot of people, I started off chasing rabbits and squirrels, and uh, we didn't really have the amount of, didn't have the amount of waterfowl we do now. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have the amount of deer. We did a little bit here and there, but uh, it was mostly growing up just stalking squirrels in the woods, chasing mm-hmm. rabbits in the overgrown thickets, and carrying a slug in your pocket just in case a deer jumped up. Yeah, baby, that's where you learn your basics, though. You get a good foundation doing that. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I actually wish I had more time to do it. It feels like I'm 
so busy with regular season chasing squirrels and rabbits it's just came a thing in the past but same here really man have... i'm doing good enough just to get out in the woods at this time of my life <laughs> <laughs> i hear that i mean we uh in maryland we're blessed we got pretty much anything any waterfowl whitetail we can hunt from pretty much september 1st until late in february depending on how long we have the snow geese so i'm fairly lucky on that aspect yeah that's pretty cool georgia this year extended the season for archery in certain counties this uh till january 31st which i'm kind of glad but it's buck only so you can't shoot any breeded does but down here like <clears throat> this past christmas it was 85 degrees here it was wow. hot so I, <laughs> we don't have much of a winter down here now i i don't know much about georgia obviously did you guys rut run a little bit later than ours, or is that still farther south? From For our region mountains? of Georgia, there's a. It starts from the. I say it starts from the coast, and it works its way over. And what they call the flatwoods, which is about, if you're looking in the middle state of Georgia, it's going to be off to the more towards the coast. It's kind of scrub pines and stuff like that. It usually starts around October and there, and right around rifle season. But okay. to where I live a little bit further over, I know you ain't region-wise familiar with it, but over towards middle of the state going towards Alabama, it hits around Thanksgiving. So it's like a heat okay. wave almost. Okay. See, that's not real far off from ours. We usually see uh, – I really start focusing on the whitetails about end of October and then that first week in November. Mm -hmm. That's really hot. And then I got a property that it's like Thanksgiving. That's when your does come in. You better be in the woods. You better be ready. Oh, for sure. And down here, I work at a deer processor in the evening from just for a little side hustle. And the amount of bucks we had come in, and I mean big ones. But this year, the deer were moving. It was a very good year so far. <laughs> yeah. I think that was across the East Coast because, I mean, across the United States, we mm -hmm. had one of our best and worst whitetail seasons that I can remember. I mean, it's it's still going, but, I mean, the, there's nothing like this run. Yeah. One of the best ones I've ever had. I'm telling you, it got to the point where I was skinning deer because I was a deboner up there and a processor uh -huh. made the sausage and all that too, but it got to where I was doing buck after buck after buck. I was like, dang, it's like six bucks in a row right here. It was just <laughs> mind-blowing. It's a good problem to have sometimes. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's just cool seeing where all the kind of deer come in because when I say we have some Mac Daddies come in, we have some grown ones. Oh, I, there was one that reached it. about 238 pounds, I think it was, this year. Whew. And that's a big one down here. I don't know about y'all up there. Yeah, it's, that's, I think that's a fairly big deer no matter where you go. Yes, that that's is true. <laughs> no, we, uh, I, I always love getting on to the deer prices. I got one I use up by my house, but I want to get a drop off my buck. I was feeling good about myself for this year. Shot myself a nice eight point. I drop it off, and I looked at some of the bucks next to it. I was like, huh. Okay, well, I guess I did okay. <laughs> yeah, at least it's something. That's it. So, That's when exactly. age did y'all start hunting whitetail? So, whitetail, I pretty much switched over to that. I was pro. I think I was. I was eleven when I shot my first whitetail. Same as uh, me. Yeah, it was a Remington Slugger <laughs> out of eleven eighty seven. Oh yeah, a uh, hunting buck. I remember that like it was clear as day. I, the sad part is I missed a uh, a giant 12, a spike, and several does before I got that one. Dang, that's how it goes, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get a, even to this day, I get buck fever oh. bad. I mean, it's Well, see, it's I grew bad. up hunting public land most of my life, and if I see a doe, it's almost like seeing a mystical unicorn. You're just like, oh, my God, there's a deer <laughs> there. Because <laughs> in this region of Georgia, 
public land, you got it's about a two hour drive for where I'm at to get somewhere decent, and that's if it's so, open. So it's a lot of private land around here. Yeah, I, I grew up fairly lucky. My grandparents, one grandparent owned a horse farm. And the other one had a livestock farm, so I always had the pastures to hunt oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I grew up fairly lucky, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't control the buck beer, and it, it handicapped me a bit. <laughs> yeah, man, but that's part of it, though, just getting where you're shaking. I mean, I love it. Oh, yeah, without doubt. The day I stopped shaking, before or after Shaz Day, I'll probably give it up, and I don't see that happening anytime no. soon. Have to go start bear hunting or something like that. Oh, trust me, I've done that too. That's, I'm wanting to check that off my miles. list. I hadn't done that oh, yet. Oh, you need to do it. It is. It's amazing how big of the animals they are, mm-hmm. and how quietly they can sneak through the woods. Oh yeah, I mean, that's what there's a the, what they call the bear capital of Georgia's LJ, Georgia, and they say per uh-huh. capita for the bear density, it's like one of the best spots to go hunting. So next year, I'm looking to go up around there with some buddies because I already had a cousin killed a real nice black bear up there and he said it was the last bear he'd killed too because it's so such an intu- or intuitive system with the DNR and all that getting checked which I mean you're hunting legal so it don't matter but it's just not like a deer right. you just you know log it in and that's it yeah without a, without a doubt I can't <laughs> it's uh, well I shot mine up to the back it was pretty intensive but I know it's a lot it's a lot more intensive down in the States. Oh, so you went to Canada and shot yours? Yeah, so I was up uh, for about three years. We would go up to Quebec as a uh, trip. And okay. uh, it, was, it was a blast. I mean, I for anyone that wants to go bear hunting, I, I don't know how it is in Georgia. I know they have good numbers, but... No, it's better. Canada, I'm pretty sure it's better in Canada. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that's pretty safe. Thing. Yeah. If I could have a chance but, to go with my dad and my uncle and all, I went to British Columbia and they had options, but it was early. Dad saw a bear two days in the hunt and let it walk and he didn't see nothing after. And I believe my uncle shot at one and missed and that was it too. So, but still. Yeah, we, we went up, uh, I can't remember. It's been a couple of years since COVID. Well, obviously COVID, all that kind of got shut down. Yeah, right. But, uh, it was, uh, it was right on the bear rut. It was just the most beautiful country you could see. Fresh air. You step out of your truck, you take a deep breath. You know you're not in the United States. You, oh. Or you know you're not in the States anymore. You're up in Canada. You can you actually breathe. breathe. <laughs> not be clogged oh, up year-round. Uh, that's exactly it. There's no trash on all the highways. Man. The only thing you're going to see next to the highway is a moose or a bear. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. quite awesome. What time of year did y'all go? I want to say it was... Because I know it came close to our turkey season. I think it was right at the end of our turkey season. Okay, so late spring. Yeah, I want to say June. Because it got pretty warm up here uh, when I got back. So I want to say it was right around May or June. And it was probably still pretty cold up there, wasn't it? It wasn't a whole lot different than uh, it is here. I mean, it was definitely definitely cooler. But it got pretty warm during the days. You're looking at about... It's probably 75 or 80, which isn't uncommon yeah, that's in perfect, Maryland man. that time of year. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have the humidity, though. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the bugs, whoo, the bugs are bad. Mosquitoes? <laughs> Real bad. Mosquitoes and, uh, what's it, black flies, I think they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Uh, those will bite you, too, they won't they? me up. What's that? So those bite you like mosquitoes, don't they? Uh, I think they're worse than anything. <laughs> <laughs> probably like a yellow fly down here. They're pretty bad. They'll put a wall up on you. Yeah, I mean, these. I came back. I looked like I hit the gym, but that was just because of all the welts on my arm. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was a. 
It was bad. I remember it was about the first time we went up there. We got lost on the way. Oh, it was about bad. a 24-hour drive. From All where y'all live in Maryland? Yeah, from Maryland. That ain't too, we, too we bad. Got lost. Oh, now, crap. We got lost, and we got lost bad. But we stepped out. All we wanted to do was go fishing. We didn't know how bad the bugs were. We ran down the lake with our poles, and uh, about 15 minutes in, we realized that wasn't a good idea, and we ended up hightailing it back. <laughs> I can only imagine. That's yeah. I don't go out in the woods without my thermosail for sure, because down here, it's you can't hunt, especially in my old hunting club I was on last year. It was rough. Oh, I, I believe it, especially <laughs> down there. Now, we, we, we're we pretty okay, unless you're uh, chasing second deer mm-hmm. in the swamps. That that can get pretty bad, but most of my deer spots, they're not terrible. I definitely own quite a few thermocells just for turkey season now. <laughs> yeah. Now, did y'all have an outfitter y'all just use up there, or y'all kind of do it yourself? So, what we went with, it was uh, Mike's Outfitters up there he so the way he had it, our good friends they went with him for years and they still go with him every year they went through all the process with COVID and still mm-hmm. got up there but uh they have where they can hang your stands for you rain your run your baits for you and all of that but the way we did it is we hung our own stands we baited our own baits mm-hmm. and to me that's more enjoyable yeah doing that's what I part do of it yeah I, I i have no problem with outfitters obviously but uh i have a hard time going to an outfitter or going to a captain knowing what i know mm-hmm. and doing what i do for as long as i have yeah it's, just, it's a whole different world for me oh for sure yeah if you know what you're doing you, you just go ahead and get it done so that way you know what you can doing that's exactly it <laughs> now uh what kind of stands do y'all run lock-ons lean twos saddles <laughs> so i'll be honest i i run just about everything i pretty much just put up an inventory of stands that I've gathered over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last couple of years, I've switched to a saddle for a lot of my hunting. That's actually what I shot my buck out of this year. Yeah. Just because I like being mobile. I like, I don't like sitting in the same spot. I like seeing new spots over and over the yeah. last couple of years. Is that so what I you're just, using I, up in Canada? Or are y'all just hunting out of a normal stand? So I I just hunted out of a lock-on. I believe it was a muddy lock-on. Okay. Uh the last trip I went up, there was a few ladder stands, and I hunted off the ground a couple times. Yeah, I'd definitely be off the uh, ground for sure, about 20 feet. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings, I love the ground. I love the excitement of the ground. It's funny. Yeah. I went up there uh, one year with one of my ex-girlfriends. We're sitting on the ground, and this bear comes into the blind, and he doesn't know we're there. He comes into the bait. It wasn't really something we wanted to shoot, and uh, – Next thing you know, our wind kind of switched, and he caught our scent. Mm-hmm. Or what I believe is he smelled the snacks in my book bag, and he wanted a piece of that. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he circles around to the back of the blind, and I can hear him getting closer. In Canada, you can't have a sidearm. So oh, really? All we had was bows. Oh, yeah. Nope. It was just strictly archery. That's a pucker oh, factor, then. Oh, yeah. We, I mean, we could have carried a rifle. The rifle season was in at the time, but I just... I grew up around bears in Western Maryland. They don't really intimidate me too bad. I'm not scared of a black bear. Yeah. You tell me there's a grizzly out there, that's a whole different story. I'm a little, a little terrified. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to the dark, like the Stone Age at that point. That's exactly it. But uh, this bear comes up. I unclipped the knife. I mean, it was probably a 78-inch knife. I don't even remember what it was at the time. I grabbed the back of her chair. He's breathing on the blind at this point. The window's starting to open, close, open, close. Oh, my God. He's terrified. 
I think she noticed. That's when she found out I was a little crazy. She said I was smiling the whole time. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I said, all right, here's what's going to happen. I said, that thing comes to the window. I'm throwing you forward. You're going to run to the four-wheeler. She said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to try stabbing the neck of the face. I'm going to try to yeah. slow it down at least. I said, just get to the four-wheeler and get help. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, yeah, luckily the bear decided that uh, – I didn't smell tasty enough, and he walked the other way, but <laughs> it was quite the experience. Oh, for sure. Now, what uh, when you shot your first bear up there, what were uh, what was the story on that one? So that was, I went out with my buddy, uh, Chance, and we, were, uh, we hunted together for the most of the week. He would video or I would video. We took turns. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the first home we had a, uh, it was actually the bear shot. It was like 350-pound. Black bear come in. Wow. He came in a little wrong. He didn't get a shot. Then we lost camera lights. We decided to wait. Mm -hmm. The next day, since he had that experience, he said, you just, you go ahead and take the stand. I'll video again. It came in, went broadside. He absolutely smoked it. It went up the rock face, probably 40 yards and fell. We didn't know at the time. It's so quiet in those woods. Those bears are so quiet Mm -hmm. walking through. Uh, We found that. and he, He actually videoed me the rest of the week. Well, I didn't see I didn't see anything I thought was worth shooting until the second to last night. We're sitting there, it's dead quiet. I mean you could hear a pin drop. It was it was incredibly quiet. Yeah. And I hear I hear a branch snap. I was like, that's kinda weird. I've never heard a branch snap this entire trip here. And then I hear a tree snap, like a little sapling, and the bear actually pushed it over. Well as soon as I heard that I knew we were dealing with something a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh I look over and what I guesstimated, and I'm I'm no bear expert at all, so it could have been a little off. The outfitter said I was probably about right. I'm guessing 550 pounds to 600 pounds. Jesus, which they'll kill him down here for our one week bear season. That's that's a huge damn yeah. bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean that he said that was a once in a lifetime bear for up there. Uh, it probably just came in because there was a sound. He just like a big buck. They're, they're chasing tail. They get a little on the dumb side. Yeah. Well, he came, he came into the bait site, and it took every. I had to sit down and shoot it. I was shaking so bad, <laughs> and my buddy before that hunt poured jelly down a log. The only thing he didn't realize the log he poured it on was behind the one tree that was in my way of shooting. Oh. So I uh, I pulled back my bow and I'm leaning as far out of the chair as I can, trying to get around this tree because I knew I was only going to get one shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, hell, we all know what it feels like to pull back the boat. It felt like 10 minutes. Oh, uh, ball, it and an eternity, but it was probably like two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was probably about two. And then he let out a growl, and my nerves got the best of me. My arms started shaking. I was like, I got to let down. <laughs> I went to let down. I let down too hard, and my arrow fell off, and it fell right to the bottom of the tree. Oh, mercy. Just like, just like a big buck, he ran out about 40 yards. Didn't know what was going on. And this is right at about dark and starts making this snapping with its jaw growling noise, mm-hmm. which I'm still trying to get my composure together, get another arrow on. My buddy above me run the camera, starts growling back at it. And next thing you know, these two are having a conversation. And all I'm thinking is if this bear doesn't come in before dark and I can't get a shot off, it's going to be pitch dark and I can't get out of this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting him on the side of the legs. Shut up. Shut up. Let him walk away. Right. So it's going to be a cold night. Yeah, that's exactly it. He ended up walking off, and I 
That is probably the quickest I've ever got down a tree and hauled it out of the woods. Yeah, man. That's, there ain't and, nothing uh, you can do with a bear like that. No. That, once I, he was pushing over trees, snapping his jaws, I'm like, all right, this isn't a normal bear. Mm-hmm. This is what I would consider as scary as Grizzly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to get on out of here. Yeah, but uh, we pulled off from the four-wheeler. But uh, it was his. It was both for our first time in Canada. He really wanted to do uh, some pike fishing mm-hmm. and some walleye fishing because that's what the lake we were on was known for. I can't remember what the name is now. So I went out and I uh, I was hunting by myself, self filming as best as I can. Anyone that self film knows it's not the uh, it's not always the prettiest thing. Hey, that's, I'm learning too. I'm trying to dip my toes into that myself. Well, if I can tell you one lesson off of that, honey, is don't hit the record button twice because you're not going to be happy. <laughs> I, I've already had that experience. <laughs> Messing with GoPros yeah. and stuff like that, man. I was like, after, that's going to be cool when I look and I didn't record like half the day. I was like, dear Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, that's the joy of uh, video. But anyway, we're uh, I was clear. I was sitting there by myself and uh, just enjoying the night. And a bear comes in. It wasn't big. It was nowhere near big, but like I said, this is my first bear hunt. Mm-hmm. It's probably, I think it weighed out at like 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. A decent bear, not hey, nowhere I'd, near. I'd be grinning ear to ear with something like that. Oh, you would have thought I won the lottery after I shot <laughs> it. But it came in, and I, I remembered that bear from the night before. And I'm sitting there looking at looking at the time, I'm like, I got three more hours to hunt. So I ended up passing it the first time, and it came in back about... 30 minutes before dark and walks in. I was like, nope, I'm not taking any chances. I pulled back and put its paw in the bait pile and I smoked it and it uh, started gusting out blood, ran up the hill. I'm waiting for the death grow and I never hear it. Like, All right, well, that's not great. So I call in the party because our rule was you don't track the bear alone out there. No. For, uh, for reasons. Yeah. And, uh, Everyone got there. I left two of them down at the bait site because I knew I had to go up a rock ridge. I wanted to be able to hear where everyone was so I could kind of get a judgment of where I was. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get lost because as thick as that country is out there, it's easy to get lost. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, I'm belly crawling over a log and uh, going right up this rock face. I just get over the log. I go to climb underneath another one. I come up and my headlight shines in front of me. And that bear, thank God it was dead. <laughs> But it's staring right at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot in this world that scares me that terrifying. Oh, man, I bet. I know the feeling. Uh, it's like shooting a hog with a bow or something like that and having to go up in the woods. Kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Hogs can be – that's one thing that I got to chase here soon. I haven't had a chance to chase them with my bow yet, but that's definitely on the list. Me and the girlfriend, we want to get out get out there soon i'm hoping next year we can make it happen oh yeah for sure they're fun and they're good eating too as long as you get the right size yeah that's exactly but that's that's crazy so what pretty much the glint of your headlamp just showed as reflective of his eyes and i imagine that probably did about turn you white that's exactly it that part was i was underneath the log my body's behind me so i couldn't crawl back fast oh I about pushed him off the edge of the cliff trying to get back. Golly. Yeah, I probably uh, just stood straight straight up through that log. I've been <laughs> hulked it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was funny because when it was trying to when that one was trying to come through the blind, I wasn't real scared. When uh, I was face to face under a log and I couldn't reach my knife, I was a little scared. I had a little pucker factor. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
So, but kind of getting into the current season, how's your uh, whitetail season going so far? You say you shot a so, nice buck. Have you shot any more? Yeah, so I had a, <laughs> I had a very interesting season. It, it's one of my best and one of my worst in a lot of ways. So just to get started, I, for the last four, four or five years, I've hunted strictly with a recurve. Awesome. Um, I switched traditional. Never really looked back. That's that's what I love doing. I love chasing them with a stick bow. It's just a different feeling. That's I feel. I agree a hundred percent. That's how I swapped last turkey season. I bought a Fred Bear Montana longbow, and I love it. Oh, they are a blast! It can be it can be some of the most fun, some of the worst, and some of the most humbling hunting you will ever do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I grew up I, shooting compounds most of my life. So, and I kind of got yeah. out of it when I got married, and I wanted to get back into shooting and. I just didn't feel the draw to compound. I wanted to get a new challenge. Oh, without a doubt. So mine was I uh, I shot competition for years, went to nationals, shot in San Antonio. And that's archery. that's crazy. Archery. I did too. <laughs> I shot a lot of tournaments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, competition archery, it's, and you know, having done it, it's a whole different feeling, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of. I hate to say politics, but that's it, almost how it felt with some of the. You got to rub people. elbows. You got to. Yeah, and, and I get it. And teach his own. Yeah. And then I got so caught up on the high tech this, high tech that. And I just, one day, I just drew a line of sand and said, I'm going to shoot with a recurve. I shot a, a button buck the last day of season with a recurve, and I didn't shoot a compound after that. I, I heard that. After that, I've been fairly lucky. I've killed. One real nice eight-pointer off the ground. I shot him at about five yards. Yeah. Um, self-videoed. Wasn't my best camera work, but got, got done what I could. Hey, you get your point um, across. That's all that matters. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. And then I shot a really – my biggest gobbler yet in Virginia. I shot him over the uh, over a decoy. He was beating the crap out of the decoy, and I shot several does and foxes and coons and all that small game. I I like that more than anything for the small game. Oh, but, yeah. uh, I got into this season and I had high expectations. I set goals for myself every year. One of them was shooting another doe with the recurve, shooting a buck with the recurve, and then get my girlfriend on the whitetail, mm-hmm. on, on her first whitetail, yeah. with a bow. She shot playing with a gun before me. Yeah. But uh, during the season, started off tons of trail cameras of a giant, just couldn't get on him. How about so? I was looking through your Instagram, and it looks like you got pretty good genetics where you're at. You got some big ones. I, I'm very blessed with where I get to hunt. I got some permission farms that have treated me real well. And then I even have these little small parcels for family members mm-hmm. that some of my biggest bucks are on a five-acre piece of land. Oh, yeah. And they don't stay long. Yeah, but they don't, they, don't take a, they don't take much land to hold a big buck like that. It really don't. Not at all. In my opinion, some of those your smaller properties, it's easier to have more controlled hunt on there because you know, as well as I do, a big whitetail, everything's got to be in line with him for him to stay on that property. He's got to feel safe. Doing the stars, have, moon, gotta, everything. <laughs> uh, some of the stuff that we probably don't even realize that goes into it. Yeah. But, uh, I was chasing. It was probably. I'm not huge on on inches of deer. It, I'm guessing he was probably about. 170s, 180s. Hell I mean, it. he was 
he was a tank of a deer. That dog will hunt. <laughs> 170 deer, that's a nice deer. Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've never, I know it wasn't 200 inches because I've never seen a 200 inch deer on any of my trail cameras. I don't even know if I would be able to understand what a 200 inch yeah, deer is. Yeah, like. you really can't fathom how much antler that is, especially on a little whitetail. That's just oh, crazy. I mean, it's just a massive amount of bone. But uh, chasing, just couldn't get on them. You got around the rut. Early duck season was over. I really focused back to whitetail. Uh, started chasing them, and I had an old eight-pointer on one of my grandparents' old properties. He came in. Oh, I see the rack. He came in. I pulled back that recurve, picked a spot, sent it right over his back. <laughs> yep. Ran 30 yards in the ticket. I mean, this is some of the thickest crap you can see. All I can see is his head looking back at the arrow, bobbing his head. And he's 30 yards, and I have no shot. And I'm not real big on shooting past 20 yards with a recurve anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and he stood there for about 20 minutes, just head bobbing. Cool. Just head bobbing. Like, oh, come on. So, got down tonight. He's still on trail camera, but he went nocturnal after that, as they usually do. Yeah. I'm sure he heard me walk in there at dark, grab my arrow. I'm sure he wasn't very far off. I couldn't see him, but he just knew someone right inside to get out of that area. Yeah. So I I backed out, mostly concentrated on getting my girlfriend her first deer. She was able to shoot her doe, got it on video, super thrilled, set that fire on her, made her into bow hunter. So that's one of my more proud things. No, that's cool to bring someone else into it, especially the lady friend too. That's why I'm looking to get my wife into it, but we got two kids under the age of five right now. So it's all hands on deck. <laughs> I, I understand that. Oh yeah, I saw you had just had your 11 year anniversary. Happy anniversary! Man. Yeah, That's we've awesome. been married for six years, but I've known her since I was a uh, junior in high school. So we've been high school sweethearts. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 11 years, big deal. Either way you look at it. breaking the yeah, statistic, I guess you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's exactly it. Today's day and age, it's nice to see. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, like um. She got her deer. I went back to this tripod stand where I missed that big eight-pointer. And as I'm walking in, this is hot, the day after Halloween, so right in the thick of the rut. Mm-hmm. I always have good I, luck on Halloween for my personal oh, it's so. my, That's my favorite day to hunt. As mm-hmm. long as I'm not working, that's my favorite day to hunt. But uh, I walk into the tripod, and there's a giant rub on the tree. I'm calling a sapling. On the sapling next to my tripod. Heck yeah. And I'm I'm looking at it, I'm like, as thick as it is there, I only really have two shooting ways, because I didn't want to cut too much brush from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking, I'm like, that's too close. <laughs> I'm like, even for a recurve, that's too close. <laughs> I was like, all right, we'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, what's the worst could happen? So I'm sitting there, sitting there, and I hear walking coming from behind me. I thought it was a fox at first, and it stopped, and I could see a tree start shaking. I'm like, nope, that's no fox. I grab my bow up the hanger, turn around. I get ready because I know it's coming right for that, right for that rub underneath me. Heck yeah. And uh, here it comes to the thick. It's a big wide eight, probably mid one thirties. I mean, respectful buck. Hey, when that's a good deer. Up. That's a great deer. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I. You're not gonna see me pass that up. I'm not one unless I'm chasing that. That deer's getting smoked. Oh, or for attempted, sure. As this one was, he comes in. He's about five yards. And I tried to turn a little bit when he's behind a group of saplings to try to get a better angle, pull the bow back. Because sitting in the tripod, it's a little tough 
to pull back at certain angles. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he caught the motion or if I made a little bit of noise, but he bounded off and he was about eight yards, quarter and away. I leaned out a little bit. I had one little hole, or what I thought was a hole. I pulled back, anchor, let her rip. She hit the tree. But it was such a close distance, and it happened so fast. When it hit the tree, I thought it went sideways when it went into him. I thought I nailed him. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm all pumped, jacked up. I'm like, this is awesome. He ran out like a bat out of hell. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get my, re- get my composure. <laughs> I look through binoculars. I'm like, I can't see the arrow. I'm like, that distance, it's should zip. I mean, I'm shooting 200 and 250 grains, I believe it is. Oh, yeah, I mean, that should zip right through them. Oh, yeah, at that distance. I mean, as long as nothing. No shoulder or, bite. like, dead bone hit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking, looking, looking. It had light knocks. I'm confused because I didn't see it still on the deer. And then I looked about six yards to the right of where I shot, and it's sticking up. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, what crap. happened? I get down there. She's clean as a whistle. I'm like, well, it's the rut. I know there's multiple bucks in this thicket. All it is an overgrown horse pasture. I'm like, I'm going to get up. I'm, I started hitting the grunt calling it, right over some leaves, raked some trees while I was down there. And I heard him got back up in the tripod. Five minutes later, I hear it come out of the other property because like I said, it was dead quiet. Here comes that eight-pointer I missed a week or so before. He comes in. He starts going the same trail. I missed that buck. Couldn't get a clear shot. He went off. And I think I saw two other bucks, just scrub bucks that night. But that's but that kind of closed hunt- the chapter on <laughs> Yeah. But hunting the rut, though, man, that's what kind of action you can have. It can be nothing. Without, the next thing you know, there comes a bucks just chasing after a hot doe that just walked through. Without a doubt in the world. It's just it's a special time of the year. And it's just uh, deer hunters understand it. I can't explain. It's hard to explain to someone that hasn't had a good rut day, but you deer hunt enough. I mean, everyone knows when mm-hmm. that rut's on, it's it's different deer hunting. Yeah, it's that's I got a hunt that I try to hit annually. It's called it's a national wildlife refuge, and it's called, I've talked about it a lot on my podcast. But it's Piedmont, and it's about it's about three hours. It's about middle Georgia. But last or two years ago, I hit the rut on the head, and I I missed the biggest buck of my life. It was like third day into the hunt. He was about a hundred yards and come out behind me long story short but i also saw the biggest buck of my life on the hoof chasing a doe he hopped she hopped out in the road and he come chasing i knew like something out of a Buckmaster magazine and i I just stopped and looked at him i've never seen a deer that big in my life and it was such like a mainframe typical uh 10 point dark chocolate antlers i was just dumbfounded to see something like that running through there which it's up there it's pretty good genetics too it's thirty thousand acres and we got some my dad's work friends, they, they'll bring some horns out there. So, oh, so that's a lot of land. That's yeah, it is quite a bit. But uh, kind of getting into duck hunting because it's that time of year too. Um, what kind of duck hunting you like to do? Coastal, river, lake? So I do it about, I do just about all of it. I mean, I'll go. So a lot of people know me for the big water hunting. I'll run a, uh, I'll run a layout rig with my old man. Uh, we'll chase divers and a little bit of puddle ducks on the uh, Susquehanna Flats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up body booting out there, so I've done that as well. Now that I got a new boat, I did a good bit of body booting this year. Uh, and I'll do some field drive, drive field mallard hunts. I'll do some Canadian hunts, ponds. Really love, really loved anywhere where I can really run the dog. So I've kind of changed. I've kind of changed the way I duck hunt the last 
two years running, two three years running him. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Trigger, which is my uh, my yellow lab, and it just changed everything for me. I used to be die hard bow hunter. That's all I wanted to do. I skipped waterfowl hunt after waterfowl hunt just so I could shoot deer. Yeah, I still hunt the big water because I knew I I could put a pile of divers up. Mm-hmm. But now that I got him, my the volume of birds we killed went down a little bit. Not much. We're, we're fairly lucky with the land we have and the crew I run with. We get in the birds a good bit. Um, but unfortunately, Maryland dropped our mallard limit to two and our Canadian limit to one. Oh, in the, that uh, sucks. Part of Mar- yeah, it, uh, it hurt. It, it hurt. And honestly, I see more mallards and geese this year than I ever have. So I'm not really sure what they're basing their numbers off of. I like to, uh, I like to think the DNR knows what they're doing, but uh, this year it, it's most of the East Coast. It just hurts. It yeah, hurts. well, I can tell you this. I grew up duck. I kind of one. I kind of ventured in white to hunt after I started duck hunting with some cousins and stuff. But all we did was I hunt flooded sloughs off the river, and it'd just be like wood ducks. Occasionally, we'd have a mallard and a hen come through, but for the most part, it got to the it's. Our limits down here, I think it was either two or three ducks. And to me, I just, this ain't worth it standing in waist-deep water. I'm going to go <laughs> sit in a whitetail stand. That's majority I'm a big game hunter. Yeah, no, I I know exactly. And that's kind of where I was with it. Until, like I said, I, I just on a whim. I, I went out and got Trigger. Yeah. Picked him for the litter. And I, the training him was fun. But once he made his first retrieve, I'm like, I, this is all I want to do. Yeah, the heaven's gates open then. Because I imagine duck hunting with a dog, it's pretty nice. We never really did. My cousins have one, but we rarely went with them. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to give you an idea, just this year. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend will kill me if she finds out all I bought. Um, <laughs> spent several thousand on decoys, mojos, pretty much anything to chase ducks. And then bought mm-hmm. my mud boat. Which she she doesn't care about the mud boat because if it wasn't for that, her and I would have never met. So she's all right with the mud boat. She just doesn't know about all the decoys to that extent. Just say it came <laughs> with it. It was a package deal. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. Now, I mean, not to be off topic. That's actually how we met. She had bow fished before me, and she saw my rig sitting at the gas station, getting filling up the boat and getting caffeine to go bow fishing. Hell, we've been we met a week after that. She reached out to me. Hell, we've been together ever since. Heck yeah, so man! That boat's, that boat's done more than kill fish and ducks. It's been a, it's been a good boat for me. I bet. So you're talking about bow fishing. What kind of uh, what fish are y'all going after? Oh man, Maryland, we are we are we are super lucky with the bow fishing we have here. We get to chase snakeheads. Is our biggest one. Um, y'all got snakehead our, up there? Oh yeah, it's not. So you got the snakeheads down like down in Florida, probably where you're at. Then you got the northern snakehead. Okay, I didn't there. know that was a northern cousin. Oh yeah, it's uh from what I, the little research I've done I, on the Florida. My buddy uh, Nick Mathers with working class bow fishing. He he's the one that got me chasing snakeheads. I second mated for him on the summer for extra cash and mm-hmm. all that. Oh, I bet but, that's uh, fun. The northern, <laughs> northern snakehead's a little bit bigger. And I'm not sure what they taste like down there, but they are some of the best fish that I have by far ever had. It's hey. the best taste there. 
I, I wouldn't doubt it. They're pretty fish. I'll say that too. They got some wild colors on them. Yeah, I, you ever want to see some impressive bow for somebody? So I run my rig, and I I have a, what some people consider a great rig. Look at my buddy at working class. He uh, he's got an insane rig. They actually just built a second boat. So I'm hoping that means I get to work a little more this summer. Heck yeah, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> but uh, it's some of the most insane bow fishing for snakeheads, goldfish. We have goldfish everywhere. Up like here. those big old carp top fish. Yeah, well, these are actually like what you would win at the county fair. Oh, okay. Where people have flushed them down the toilet. That now or, we have. Well, you used them for largemouth bait back in the day. You're not supposed to. That's statutes of limitations now, but yeah. <laughs> they work that's really the good for a largemouth. Well, I think that's why we're in the problem that we're in right now. Not that, not that I think it makes a big enough difference to really call it a problem right now. Yeah. It's not uncommon to go out a night of fishing. If the conditions are right, you can see a hundred goldfish easily. I wouldn't doubt it. And they say they'll grow to the size of their pond, so they kind of just keep growing as long as the food's there. Yeah, exactly. And where we're at, there's no shortage of food. But then we got our channel cats, our flathead cats, mm -hmm. uh, blue cats, um, eels. We just shot the shot the state record eel on working class. I believe he holds just about every state record um for maryland except for snakehead because i know that eats him up i keep telling him i'm gonna <laughs> shoot the snake record before he does but <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it's it's fun what's the it's, biggest it's fish y'all uh shot with the bow uh the biggest one that i i've been part of with him is i've shot probably i shoot i shot probably a 50 pound blue cat um the one night i couldn't the one night i got stuck at work and couldn't go with him i was supposed to make they shot the, I believe it was the world record for bow fishing flathead. Uh, I believe it was 74 pounds. I can't quote that. It's 72 or 70. It was a giant. I mean, Man, was, that'll make I some was, catfish nuggets right there now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's plenty of it for it. <laughs> yeah. Holy mess. That, that was a, that was a giant. The sad part is I forget how many times they missed it before they finally hit it. Yeah. I believe it was the of the group smoked it and they of course had to put another arrow to in it but uh now are y'all fishing the rivers or lakes so we're nickel jump all over i'm mostly any tidal land i'll go back in some of these marshes i'll go on the susquehanna flats that's usually a good spot for us i'll jump all over to any i'll go to any waterway where it's legal <laughs> oh yeah uh, and i actually just thought about it Going back to the biggest fish, the biggest fish I shot was on a uh, trip to Louisiana. Was a uh, alligator gar. Yeah, I've caught it was, those. It was about a seven footer, six or seven footer I shot. Yeah, I've caught wow. the biggest one I've caught was a five footer in my kayak. It pulled me around for like <laughs> ten minutes. I don't doubt that. That'll be a fun fight. Oh, it was. Sure. It sure, sure was until I got to the side of the boat and that thing starts thrashing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're pretty much at their mercy at that point. Yeah. That's, they're definitely show you how they're in control. I mean, that's just a big, big, hearty fish teeth in their mouth. Whew. Yeah, man. They you can they can bite you or anything. Even their scales are like a shark. If you rub them up backwards, like against the grain, uh, your hand will be cut up. Yeah, I wear mechanics gloves when I'm fishing for them. I, I don't doubt, especially on him. All I know is we had... I think there was four of us on the boat when we shot it. Four or five of us on the boat. 
we're all standing on the same side of the boat trying to pull this thing in the boat. Oh, I'm looking. I'm like, we got two inches of water, and this boat's going over. <laughs> like, someone's got to step back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dang, that is crazy. Oh, it was it was a blast. I mean, it. Now I've been I've been lucky. Hunting fishing's taking me to some pretty cool places all over this country. I'm, For sure. I'm on that. Now, can I get back to ducks? Have you shot any good, like cool banded ducks? Anything kind of nostalgic or different? Yeah. So actually, Trigger's first official season last year retrieving. He heard me. Now he's over here rubbing up against me. Um, <laughs> me and him went out on a solo hunt. I had a bunch of PTO to use in the early season, so we uh, I knew a bunch of ducks flying over this field there really wasn't any waterway there so i took a bunch of a robo ducks and just put out a goose spread full of robo ducks and uh we had a few come in i shot a nice pretty drake and then uh, another drake dived in himself i shot it a little early got excited and sailed him out a good ways and uh i sent the dog back on it not not realizing how far back it went i think it was probably a 120 yard blind retrieve Mm-hmm. So I was already thrilled with the retreat and it being his first year. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was super thrilled and I was thrilled with the fact that I didn't have to run there. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> but, uh, he came back and holding the, and I just got a glimpse of the sun. I was like, what is that? And I, he comes there, looks up at me and it's got a band right on its leg. I was like, no. Oh, man. that is cool. <laughs> my heart was racing. I, you would think the 150 inch whitetail was walking down the trail. I, That's I got pretty so much excited. the equivalent, like a good 10 pointer in my book for duck hunting. I haven't shot a oh, banded, but it's on my list. Yeah, and I, I got on to make it even better. I could tell the edges were worn off. I look it over. There wasn't. I'm sure if I use, they say there's a way to use acid. There's not one legible band on that leg that you could or letter on that band that you could read oh that's cool it so it's was, even an older one that's badass oh yeah it was it, it got taken off right in the field and put it on my leg and <laughs> i didn't want to take any chances of losing that For that's sure. uh, that was that was one of my favorite favorite bands of all time i've been i've been fairly lucky i got several goose bands i got a few i got one snow goose band shot a widgeon with a band but that mallard drake that's by far my favorite. Yeah, Mallard. That's like I mean, that's the classic America for duck hunting. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I I don't care where I'm going. Shooting Mallards is fun. Arkansas was blast. Missouri was blast. Delaware. I mean, I've been quite a few places chasing Mallards, and mm-hmm. it don't matter where you go. They're my favorite. Yeah, that's they're why I've had some friends go to Arkansas, and they said, "Man, it was a blast." They tore them uh, up. And then I went with uh, I do work with Havoc Calls, and. Uh, they they had us come down for a trip to chase stuck bellies and ducks, and just the flooded timber, it just it's it was nothing like it. Watching those birds work, watching ducks come in like they're supposed to, mm-hmm. it's it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. The camaraderie and the blind, it's just everything about it. It's just it, that's one thing I will up. say about duck hunting comparing to whitetail. Most of the time you're going to be buying unless you're a dog hunter, which I don't know if they allow dog hunting up in Maryland for whitetail. But nah. you at least get to hang out with people. You ain't got to sit there too cold. You can move a little bit and just be able to talk and enjoy a little bit more. You know, unlike deer hunting, you kind of do a lot of in, uh, self-thinking and all that stuff too. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, and, and there's times that I want to get out white tail hunting. I, I don't want to deal with people. With my job, it's a high stress. So there's some days I just want to go out by myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
But you got to want. have those times. That's just how it is. Oh, 100%. But now that I got the dog, I'm like, all right, well, you don't talk. For mm-hmm. the most part, as long as I don't have food in my lap, he doesn't really bother me. Yep. He's blind, does his own thing. I'll, I'll go out solo hunting with him. I mean, I, I went out three times this year uh, goose hunting for a single goose with just me and him just because I wanted to see the birds work. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, to be honest, I wanted to see him work. Yeah, that's just experience for him, though. You know, just more knowledge. Oh, yeah. I, I did a lot I, of coon like hunting and all that. And every time raising, if there was somewhere I can work a, my coon dog, I'd take them. Oh, 100%. And that's, that's the first question I ask when I get invited get invited on a hunt. I'm like, can I bring my dog? <laughs> and most if people won't say no because they realize if a good dog can, uh, it's worth it. Oh, without a doubt. And it all depends. Like if we're hunting big water, I get it. It's sometimes, honestly, more of a nuisance than it's worth. Uh, a snow goose hunt, if we have too many people, just because he's a younger dog, I won't bring him on that. But for the most part, I've been fairly lucky. It hasn't been ideal sometimes, hunting pits and stuff like that. It's a little hard to run him out of there, but mm-hmm. they're pretty good about it, unless they already got their own dogs, which I understand. I respect it. I'm just going to go hunt by myself. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard that. Now, kind of getting to my favorite bird is the old thunder chicken. I've, oh. I shot my first one was I, when I was 10 years old, and I've been hunting them every year since. How about you? <laughs> so, Maryland, Maryland wasn't the best for turkeys. And there's some people that would probably disagree with this with me, and good for them. But uh, I grew up turkey hunting from when I was, oh, I was in elementary school and we would take a week-long trip every year up to western maryland to chase them mm-hmm. that, and that's really only the place that you had them uh we're lucky now the numbers made a comeback and we can hunt them closer to home but i chased birds my dad was 42 years old and he chased them for hell probably as long as i was alive probably even before that and he never killed a bird he killed his first bird with me when he was 40 40 something years old and uh that was my first taste of it first that's not how me and my dad were because my dad was a big fisherman growing up and we got introduced to hunting at the same time oh no kidding yeah i mean he dad hunted them well before me but at that time turkey hunting in maryland not that it was fairly new but there just wasn't enough birds that any of us really knew anything about it there'd be a year if you saw two shootable birds in a year you were doing something yeah is from what i can remember but I chased and chased and chased them till I was about, I want to say I was 13 years old when I had my first, 13 or 14 years old. We were videoing for uh, an old show, Neck of the Woods Outdoors. They've, hell, most of them are long gone by now. But we caught in two long beards, and my gun barrel was doing a figure eight. <laughs> going around and around and around, and I pulled the trigger at the wrong time because I, I missed them three times in about, three seconds i can't even believe the gun was able to cycle that quick. It, yeah it can happen <laughs> i've had that uh, it, so. it got the best of me big time and i was uh i was young in time and i i, I whiffed i whiffed bad and of course it was on video <laughs> <laughs> i was i was down thanks I, i'm very lucky my old man as much as he gives me shit and he gives me a hard time he uh he taught me through it he got me over it and he took me out the next week, and I shot my first bird. Heck yeah. So I think I was 13, 14 years old, and now I'm made up with it. I love Chase. <laughs> so, <laughs> For sure. I, it's, I had a fairly good season last year. I was able to uh, tag out on two 
mature birds, 10, 11 inch beards. Oh, that's public. awesome. Uh, both with the 20 gauge, and I'll, I'll stick with bank. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say kill, but it, there's a lot of it that was pure luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of luck goes into it for sure. Now, like you said, 20 gauge, a lot of people are going to, my dad just bought this cool 410. And a lot of people, like, I hunted for a 12 gauge for a long time, which, like, last season, I just hunted with my longbow. But a lot of people are kind of stepping down their gun to one so you don't mess up the turkey too bad. Not so much that. I don't know if it's so much that. I'll be honest, it's the same reason I like to carry in a recurve. It's just so much lighter weight. Yeah, that too. That's what Dad said. I mean, it's a little single-shot Rossi, and it's got a little uh, pistol grip stock, and you can put, like, 10, 410 shells on the stock as his little shell holders. It's pretty cool rig. He's got a little red dot on top. It's going to be a turkey killer for sure. Oh, yeah. And with the, the compared to when uh, compared to when I started turkey hunting, probably when you started turkey hunting, the shells have come a long way. Your oh God, yeah. A- I just remember it was the Winchester Supremes all we ever used, three and a half inch. <laughs> you and me both, and I remember multiple times, and my poor sister, the only two turkeys she ever got to shoot at, one was twenty five or thirty yards, and the other was forty five. That's a and I don't know if box shell, but all I could hear was the BBs bouncing off the bird. <laughs> definitely a low from yeah. where I could hear them bouncing off. Yeah, but, uh, which I know they got those tungsten shotgun shells. Isn't it tungsten now? They're like ten dollars a yeah. shell almost. Yeah. Oh, they're no joke. You better. I, I tried. Uh, I dabbled with the Apex shotgun shells last year, and they patterned great. The only problem was they shot about two feet low. And unfortunately, rookie mistake. And I hate to even say it out loud, but I didn't pattern the gun before I went out. And uh, I found out the hard way and shot out the feet of a turkey and had to watch it fly away and never got a shot again at it. Dang, that but, sucks. Hey, but oh, everybody yeah. does it. They've, you know, just oh. sometimes we all get complacent at times. I know I do oh, for yeah. sure. In my head, I'm like, oh, I just bought the best choke tube. I just bought the best shells. Nothing can go wrong. Well, yeah. that was a rookie. Make. And I should have known better after doing this for many years that I've done it. Yep. But I guarantee you, I will not make that mistake again. Right. Like I say, that gets etched in your memory when you make a big mistake like that. So I got a whole book of them. Yeah. I tell you what, at night, when you're sitting down, you close your eyes, you're going to remember that ones you missed a lot more clear than those ones you got. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, there was it one story I want to get into. You uh, kind of took on the challenge of hunting with your granddad's gun. What uh, made you want to do that? Besides obvious, but yeah, I mean, so I actually, there's actually, this is actually the second year I've done this. I'll, I'll go on a little bit. So I, unfortunately I lost all my grandparents, mm. grandmothers, granddads. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's, it was their time. They're in a better place now, but it was like the last, it's been about a year now, but for two years I lost both of them yeah. and I didn't really, have, I had pictures with them and all of that. Uh, but they they both gave me a gun to remember them. So I I got a double barrel, twelve gauge hammer, side by side. Oh, rabbit ears, hammer. man! That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what brand it is. None of the numbers are on the side. And then I got the uh, the thirty thirty, which was the one I used this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I was able to shoot a really nice doe out of that tripod, which was right across from his old property. I had a big doe come in. I, it's right next to the road. It's legal distance away, but it was so quiet. I could hear my uh, my niece getting off the school bus. And uh, <laughs> it's yeah. standing 
I'm not scaring that little girl as she gets off the school bus. So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, I hear the school bus go around the corner. I hear the front door. I cock back the hammer on it with the uh, side-by-side 12-gauge just shooting slugs. And it went click. And it was so quiet that doe looked at me. I'm freaking out because it didn't go off. I heard it and cocked it in. And luckily, ba-boom! She went 30, 40 yards piling up. And uh, that retired that gun. It's got a notch in the barrel. I'm terrified if I shoot it again, it'll blow up. So I'm actually getting a pretty nice mantle. My buddy's going to make up for me. It's just going to become an ornament at this point. Hey, that'd be perfect. At least you got a kill with it and you got a story. That's what matters. That's exactly it. Now, fast forward to this year, uh, on my grandfather's property, this is his actual property. It, it's not much to hunt. You really can't stand hunt it. It's just overgrown rabbit thickets uh-huh. where it is, completely honest, that border the uh, horse and thickets. But every year we'll do a few deer drives around the area just to get them going. We don't really have dog hunting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, well, it's kind um, of the same concept, though, for the most part. Yeah. Most of the time, we'll just do wind bumps. We'll get upwind of the uh, the thicket, have a guy on one of the exit routes, and uh, just bump them like that. So they don't come balling out of there. We're still a reasonable shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was set up on the side of a marsh, and I had my buddy. He stopped. He's like, it's, the water's too high. I'm like, dude, I just saw a deer jump back in that back. you got to get all the way back there. So, <laughs> hey, honestly, I got, yeah, deer I got will really swim. Good. They don't care. I've had them cross the river in front of me in my kayak. Oh, I. I've had him on deer drives. He jumped across. The, he looked at me, looked at the river. He's like, "Nope, I can swim a lot farther. I can deal with a shot." <laughs> yep, <laughs> they know what's up. But he uh, he trucked through that marsh. At least I got. I'm fairly lucky. I got some good friends that do a lot for me. And uh, these two big does start sneaking down the creek. I heard it got around the tree, and it got. It wasn't a far shot at all. Probably ten yards. I put that uh, bead on her. Squeeze her off. She didn't go 30, 40 yards, bleeding out both sides. Heck yeah. That was that was my first rifle kill. I've never really hunted with a rifle. I always grew up in shotgun states. Yeah, I was about to say, state. how long is y'all's rifle season up there? So the initial is about three weeks, two, three weeks. It goes out, and we got three days coming up in January, January 7th to the 9th, that we can hunt them. Okay. And that's what. That's when we'll put a pile of them up. That's usually when our deer drives are real heavy. We're trying to fill everyone's freezer to get them through the winter. <laughs> For sure. Now, uh, how's y'all? How many bucks and does can y'all take during the season? So you're allowed. You got your three main seasons, or your shotgun season, or your firearm, rifle, and shotgun. Your archery season, and your muzzleloader season. You can shoot one buck in each of those, and then you have a bonus buck tag that you can buy for any of them, depending okay. on. What it is so altogether about four bucks i'll be honest i would like to see it go down to just three without the bonus buck or I, i'd be even happy with two that's just in so georgia it's two and ten does so yeah now the does it, it's pretty much unlimited where we're at oh, we cool. uh <laughs> yeah we have a lot of does we got baltimore city and stuff like that on the outskirts you got these urban deer mm-hmm. they, they just nuisance at some points i mean hell my my neighborhood's name is deer haven Mm-hmm. And I bought this property in the middle of the neighborhood. It's a little less than an acre, and I bought it because there's deer road right in the middle. Oh, you'll yeah. Sounds like they need to put a feeder out, something discreet. <laughs> That's it. I mean, if I wasn't in between all the house, my neighbor, he has a little stand. He's got a little bit of woods that he allows me to hunt. I'm just afraid because I can only bet one of being this close to the house. I'm oh, afraid. yeah. 
for sure. I'm afraid to run through the middle of the neighborhood. I don't want to be that neighbor. I mean, they all, yeah. they've all knock on the door, say my buck died in your driveway. Can I grab it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I never wanted to be that guy. Oh, trust me, I've thought about it, and I'm sure if there's a big enough buck, I would do it. But that's nah, my luck had probably died in some PETA animal lover's yard more than likely. Exactly. And you drive by my house. There's no doubt I'm a big dog. <laughs> There's decoy, a boat, goose trailer. I mean, you name it. I got it sitting in the yard. Boat fishing platform in the driveway. <laughs> Heard that, man. That's how I say year-round outdoors, man. That's about just like me. Especially oh, if you can it, hunt it or catch it, I like to go after it. Uh, it, it never ends. I mean, it, this is what I – this is the reason I do my normal job. This is what I want to do. This is all I care about most of the time <laughs> amen to that <laughs> it's it's like i said earlier it's got me to some pretty amazing spots i've met some amazing people i i couldn't trade for anything in the world i don't know where i'd be if i didn't have hunting in my life i heard that man well we're getting on about an hour here if you want to you can plug yourself where people can come and find you and if they want to got any videos on you don't you have do you got a youtube channel the youtube channel is actually gonna get a. Uh, I'm restarting it now. It was with an old group of guys I was with. Uh, they've since done other things, and I let them have the account. So I got to restart the YouTube channel. Okay. I got some videos, um, three or four hunts from this year that I got to get to editing. I'm terrible about editing. Yeah, I haven't but, even uh, dabbled in that yet. I still got. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. <laughs> you and me both, and I've been doing it for a long time. This sounds but, like yeah, it. Across all my social media, you can find me on Instagram. Facebook, uh, I'm on TikTok. I probably look half ridiculous doing that. I don't know what I'm doing on that. See, I gotta and get into that. It is fun. I do have a good time with it, but some some of the content on there is just it. <laughs> yeah, it can get rather scandalous. I'll say the least. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm on my second account on it because what they what's considered graphic in normal life, what's considered graphic on TikTok, you can't show any dead animals or anything like that. It's yeah, it's it's a nightmare. Yeah, but they can be half naked women or whatever, some freak show on there, uh, and they'll not bother with that at all. I, I just say I just don't have the body for TikTok. That's why they delete my stuff. It's a little more. <laughs> Hell yeah, I agree to that. And, and I'll a little bit of that motion. <laughs> but yeah, across all social media, you can find me on uh, Yellow Dog Outfitters. Um, that's pretty much across the board where I'm at. That's where the YouTube channel is going to be okay. as well as. Hopefully no one's got the name. I got to do some more research on that, but it'll be something along that line. But yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tag you in the post and all that too. Whenever I get all this stuff and going later, but yeah. awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll definitely have to do this again. If you got anybody, that bow fishing guy sounds like a big, pretty good, uh, will be a good episode. I'll talk to him and be in his oh, ear. Nick's a good guy. And he'll, when it comes to bow fishing, I don't know that anyone could give you more educational talk than Nick can. I mean, he's. I'll, I'll have to shoot you his info. He's a good dude. Like I said, I'll I'll, tell, I'll shoot you on his account. Watch some of them videos, man. There's just nothing like it. He he's a top notch bow fishing guy. He's probably. I'm a little biased because I I've done work for him. He's one of my best friends, but he's he's one of the best when it comes to bow fishing game. Oh, for sure. And let's, we have I've gone gigging off the coast and spear fishing and on the down in Florida and all that, and then the Gulf. But bow fishing on a boat be a little bit more fun. You ain't got to get wet and worry about sharks or nothing like that either. Yeah, well, check out those videos. If it's something you want to do, we'll, we'll plan a trip. We'll get you up here. They said we got two boats running this year, so it's a little easier to book a date than it was last year. But uh, you'll def- you won't. 
it'll be worth the time. It'll oh, be a good for time. sure. And that's one one of the reasons I started this podcast because, like you say, you're a huge outdoor enthusiast, and I want to make my job the outdoors. And you don't know what opportunities it might open because, like my last guest, the guy in Alaska. He's eventually going to get his own outfit. And I told him, I said, I might just shoot you a resume and come work this season because that's my dream job is to go work back, go work in Alaska one day. And it's just for a I, year or two. I can't blame you there. That's, that's Alaska's on the bucket list, along with probably 500,000 other trips. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's my wife's like, how are you going to pay for all this? Like, I don't know. I'm going to have to go sell my body or something. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not saying there's not foot pictures of me that may have got sold at some point, but this duck hunt stuff ain't cheap. Amen to that, man. Well, man, again, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, I appreciate it. And like I said, the door is always open for anybody, or if you want to come back on and just bull crap again, we can. Hell yeah, man. I'll definitely be in contact with you. I appreciate you having me on. Anytime, man. Thanks again. All right. Take it easy, bud. You too. Wow, that was a fun episode. Good fellow outdoorsman from Maryland. Go check out his page. Dude, he knows how to get it done in the outdoors.